0: Hey, how's everyone doing this morning? There we go. There we go. We got the stunt guy over here. Uh, Hey, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Gary. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome to the meeting place. But the countdown is on, isn't it? T minus 10 days. I don't know what that does for you, if it raises your blood pressure or what, but... Uh, you can feel it, the rush, the panic, the pressure to get everything done before December 24th and our Christmas Eve service happening at Bedman Park at 5 o'clock. Shameful plug there, but it's in full swing, is it not? The, 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 the rush to get everything done. You can see it when you drive into the mall. Uh, last week, trying to drive out of here was crazy. You, know, you got the traffic people out there, but I mean, it's like a giant Tetris game. People moving. 3,000, 4,000 pounds of steel and rubber around trying to fit in a little slot. If you find one, if you happen to find a little Tetris slot for your car, you, you walk into the mall and you can hear it. You can feel all the pressure. Uh, you know, As you make your way through the mall, you can hear hundreds of conversations of people talking about... You know where, where they're going next, and what did we get this, and who wants this, and who's buying that, and all those words just converge together to make this indiscernible din that you can just hear. You can hear the shuffling of boots and the slapping of shoes on the on the floor, the rustling of bags as people just bolt from store to store. <sighs> it's a busy time of year, and in the busyness of Christmas you know, and the busyness of shuffling kids from, you know, one activity to another or from one house to another or having people into your own home and the busyness of all that at the end of it all, when it's all said and done, maybe, you know, you're taking your tree down you know, for a lot of us, that's January 1st, a lot of January 1st people here that take their trees down. Yes. No. Yeah. January 1st. Some people like to hang on a little longer, stretch it out, and they, February 13th kind of works for them. They just go from one holiday to the next. Uh, but whenever you happen to take your tree down, that's when you find it. That one present that's stuffed way in the back of the tree. It's all covered in pet hair and dust. Uh, you know, whether it got pushed to the back or it fell down underneath the skirt of the tree, you know, however it got there, you missed it. And either way, it never got opened to be enjoyed by the person it was meant for. And it got me to thinking about a scene from the best Christmas movie ever. Christmas Vacation. Starring Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold. And there, yeah, it's the best movie ever, (laughs) Christmas movie. Uh, And there's a scene where where Clark is going up to hide Christmas presents in the attic. And when he's up there, he's about to slide them down into the little rafter area in in the attic. And he looks down and he notices some presents down there. So he pulls them out and they're covered in dust. He blows them off. And they're like from 10 years ago. Gifts that were forgotten about. And that got me to thinking about a gift that's been given to you, given to me, given to all of us. That's been forgotten about. A gift that's been left under the tree, so to speak. And the gift I'm referring to is the gift of rest. Rest. What a great idea. Rest. Now, the whole concept of rest was God's idea we first see it show up in the creation story. Very first book of the Bible, Genesis, where we read this, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, set apart from all the other six, because it was a day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now you could easily read that verse and go, Well, that's interesting. Understandable, maybe, you know, when you spin a universe into existence. Yeah, that could be tiring, right? Except that isn't the reason God rested. Listen to these words found in the Old Testament. God's God. God doesn't get tired. God is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. When God took a break from creating, it wasn't because he was tired. When God rested, he was doing something very intentional. He was modeling something for you and for me. And he he articulated that something later in the Ten Commandments. We've all heard of those. Uh, Listen to what it says. It says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, set apart, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days Each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. Dedicated to the Lord your God. In other words, what God is saying is thou shalt take a day off. you got to love a God who prioritizes taking a day off from your ordinary works and the busyness of life. A day dedicated to him over all the other commandments. Because this one comes... Before It's right near the top. All the other ones come later. Do not lie. Thou shalt not kill, steal, covet. All those come later. The really cool thing about this, as I mentioned, is this is more than just a commandment. This is a gift. This is a gift. And here's why I say that. The people that this commandment was originally given to, the Israelites, were a group of people who had just come out of 400 years of slavery For generations, they had spent all their days, their waking hours, serving Egyptian taskmasters without a break, with no rest. For generations, they could only dream about the concept of a day off. But then God comes along, sets them free in this miraculous story in Exodus. You can read about it, the parting of the Red Sea, all that. And after he gets them out of slavery He's, he comes to them he says if, you know if that's not enough he says to them i got something else for you i got a gift for you and what's the best gift you could give to a bunch of former slaves rest a full day of just plain rest or as it was called a sabbath which literally means to cease and to stop and that sounds great, doesn't it? Especially in the push right now. But maybe not when you take into account the commandment to take a, a day off was given to a people living in a 24 /7 culture. You see, they didn't have refrigerators or grocery stores. There wasn't a Costco down the street that they could just go and buy their food or their furniture. If you didn't work, gather, plant, hunt, milk, collect eggs every day you didn't eat. And if you didn't eat, well, you ran the risk of dying. And so for God to say, you could argue that, you know, God's saying, I want you to take a 24-hour period, just a day off, where you're not hunting and gathering and, and picking and, and cooking. It, it doesn't seem like much of a gift, does it? But God was trying to show them something. He's trying to show us something. He was trying to build and grow their trust in Him. By taking a day off, even those circumstances around them, even though the culture around them, said, you guys are nuts. Taking a day off? Sound familiar? Right? Take a day off? Right now? You've got to be kidding me. But God's saying, take a day off. For six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. Which is his way of saying, you know, you can imagine this conversation. Here's why I'm giving you this commandment, this gift. Because I made the heaven and the earth and everything in it, And that would include, to which the people listening would have said, well, I guess that would include me or us, right? Then he would say, so why are you here then? Well, because you made us. Why do you have jobs, fields to plow, livestock to, to raise? Well, because you made them. Why do you have food to eat? Well because you made it. Everything you enjoy, everything you use to get ahead in life is from me, so don't worry about it. I've got you covered. Jesus' half-brother James, you know, thousands of years later, writes this, he says, every good gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. And the day of rest. It's to be a day of remembrance, a day where people would sit back and remember. Remember what? That they could work harder, they could be trading more, they could be building more, buying more, selling more, 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 more. But God wanted them to remember as important as you know, prosperity and progress, as as important as eating and, and creating building shelters. Over and above all of that, nothing He's trying to teach us nothing will impact your life more than the practical experience, the real life experience of knowing God as your provider. The Sabbath was a gift to be received and enjoyed, to be a source of fuel for your spirit, your mind, your soul, your body. But something happened on the way to the Sabbath. Uh, A bunch of Jewish religious leaders at the time, guys named called rabbis, in an attempt to make sure, because they're all about the rules, to make sure people obeyed the law and observed the Sabbath, they turned it into this exhausting, stressful exercise that stole the gift of replenishment and restoration that it was meant to be. Back then, each rabbi had a book. There's a big book. It's called the, the Mishnah. And inside of that book was all these other hundreds and hundreds of laws other than these Ten Commandments. They just made laws for everything. And they could interpret the law and then write their own interpretations in there about how to do certain things. And a lot of it was what you could and couldn't do on the Sabbath. And this book was big, it was thick, it was heavy. Some scholars say it weighed up to eight pounds. I mean, that's a big book. And it was referred to as their yoke, okay? So if you wanted to be a student of a certain rabbi, you had to be willing to take on their yoke, okay? Follow all the rules. Follow them to the letter, to the T. Really good students back then were called... Dusty disciples. Why? Because they followed their rabbi so closely, they got the dust coming off their feet. <laughs> there were some bizarre rules in here. I'm just going to share a couple with you because they're just so mind blowing. Listen to this it was unlawful to move furniture on the Sabbath. So if you have a piano in your house, this could be a good thing, right? Uh, there was an exception in this, then that you were allowed to move a ladder. But you could only move it four steps. Any further would be considered work. And work isn't allowed on the Sabbath. Therefore, if you move the ladder five steps, well, you're in violation of the Sabbath. It gets weirder. You're allowed to eat radishes. Why, why you'd want to eat a radish is beyond me. But you're allowed to eat radishes on the Sabbath. But but you were warned against dipping them into the salt Because if you left them in too long, you would start the pickling process. And pickling was considered work, and therefore in violation of the Sabbath. (laughs) Or this one. I love this one. It was forbidden to spit on the Sabbath. Because you would make mud. And if you made mud, somebody could step in it. And if somebody stepped in it, and then went to go into somebody's home or their own home, they had to clean it off their shoes. And cleaning mud off your shoes was considered work therefore, you're in violation of the Sabbath, so no Sabbath spitting allowed. Like, how crazy is that? And the irony in all of this is these rules were made so people could actually enjoy their rest. But in the end, they just made it heavy and burdensome and clumsy and, and impossible to rest. It was anything but the gift it was originally designed to be, which would explain these words from Jesus when he said this, come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs> there's a story in the Bible, and as a matter of fact, here's a little piece of trivia for you. When you're reading the Bible and you read the words on the Sabbath, guaranteed Jesus is going to be having a run in with the religious leaders at the time. Happened every Sabbath, okay? Well, there's a story in the Bible when this happens. Jesus and his closest followers are accused of breaking the Sabbath because, you ready? they picked some heads of grain. Yeah, they're walking through a field, probably hungry, and so they just kind of ran their finger up the stalk, got a bunch of grains, started to rub it, break the husk off, which that was work. Some religious leaders happened to see it, and so they said, hey, Jesus, what's going on? You know, you're a rabbi. You know the rules. (laughs) Your students, your followers, like they just, they blatantly broke the Sabbath right in front of you, and you didn't do anything. And I love Jesus' response. He looks at these finger-pointing religious leaders and he says, Guys, you got this all wrong. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath was designed and created for you. It's a gift for you and given to you. But instead, the Sabbath serving you, you're serving the Sabbath. And when you hear it like that, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? the Sabbath had become something other than it was originally for. It had all become all about earning God's favor by doing things just right. It was about performance. And, and, and to some degree, it was even competitive. You know, as everyone walked around and said, well, how are you doing following the law? I'm doing pretty good. Look at all the check marks I got. That kind of thing. Got me to thinking, and I'm just going to throw this out there for you to, to think about. Haven't we done something similar to Christmas? Stop and think about it. Christmas has become something other than it originally was about. That's why we hear and say things like, put Christ back in Christmas or Jesus is the reason for the season. They're reminders of how far Christmas has drifted from what it was originally meant for, which was for centuries has been a focus on remembering the birth. Of Jesus. It's become something it was never meant to be. It's about parties and presents and giving and getting and rushing and going here and going there. Trying to create the perfect day. The perfect tree. The perfect decorations. The perfect gift. The perfect turkey. And on and on it goes. And just like the religious leaders. Just how they put rules around the Sabbath. We've got rules around Christmas. They might not be written. But there are rules nonetheless. I mean, maybe you can identify with this. You're walking down the hall or you're at your desk and somebody comes up to you and says, Merry Christmas, and they hand you a card or a present. And you, the first thought that goes through your head is, ah, crap, I didn't get them anything. Right? So now you feel obligated to return the favor. And so now you have to rush around and figure, oh, what do they like? What did I get them? All that kind of stuff, right? It happens, all, it happens to me all the time. Here's a little hack to help you get through that. If you don't want to be put in that position, beat them to the punch. Be the first one to hand out the card. Now the obligation's on them, right? Just a little something. It happens when it comes to spending limits. Matt, never stick to the spending limit. Because if you do, inevitably, the person that's buying for you is going to spend more. And then you're going to look like Scrooge. Ah, oh, you cheapy. You stuck to the 20 bucks, did you? it might cost 60 or 70. Beat them to the punch. Set the bar. Okay? But on and on it goes. We feel like we have to attend every party. We're afraid that we might miss out on something if we don't go or somebody will be upset if we don't show up. And so we run here and there trying to keep up. We get weighed down with the anxiety that comes as a result of, of trying to do Christmas just right. So we can sit back at the end of the season to go, that was such a perfect Christmas. I got the perfect gift, gave the perfect gift. Yeah, it's no wonder for many, Christmas has become this heavy and burdensome thing. It's anything but the most wonderful time of the year for a lot of people. And in the rush to do all of that, to keep, to keep up and fit in and have the perfect day, we forget the perfect gift that's right in front of us. The gift of rest. Rest. The gift that provides us the opportunity to be reminded of what Christmas is all about. God, think about this God stepping across the universe and coming to this planet as a vulnerable baby. He lived like us, He was born like us, lived like us, He got cold, Jesus got hungry. He got frustrated, just like us. So that when we come to him in our time of need, he can say, I know exactly how you're feeling. He could identify with us. It's the most beautiful story ever. I came across a video this week that absolutely blew me away. Uh, I would show the video, but it's like 240p, so you wouldn't really see anything on the screen. But here's how it went. I'll, I'll try and do my best to do a narrative. It begins with a camera shot on the second floor of a mall pointing down to the, the lower floor. And it is packed with Christmas shoppers. There's people, you can barely even see the floor. There's people everywhere. There's a Santa Claus there and people just scurrying about buying all their gifts and everything. The next shot is of a woman in the food court area who stands up and begins to sing Joyful, Joyful. At first, you know, you can see in the camera, people are walking by and they're going... That's weird. I wonder what that's about. And they just keep walking. And then shortly after that, a couple of more ladies stand up and they join in. And then a guy. And then further down the hall, someone else starts. And then four guys going up the escalator bust into song. And they're all joining in. Another gentleman leans over the rail and he's singing from the second floor down to the first floor. It was absolutely amazing. But you know what You know what grabbed me? The mall. As the camera pan back... The entire mall had come to a complete standstill. No one was rushing around. They stopped scurrying about. They stopped everything they were doing. And they listened as the best story in the world was brought to, to them in song. It was incredible. I wasn't even there, but I felt like I was just like the unsuspecting shoppers that day, I found myself doing the same thing. I stopped what I was doing, which at the time was putting this talk together. And for five minutes and 37 seconds, which was the length of the video, I had a mini Sabbath because it was a moment where I pulled back from everything and spent time reflecting on God and the story of Christmas. This whole series, Christmas on another level, is is all about us taking what we know to be true about Jesus and what he did, coming to this earth to to love and serve others, to love and serve you and me, and taking a step toward doing the same things as he did. And one of those things was resting. You read all through the New Testament where Jesus took a break. He went to be alone alone. He went and hung out with his closest friends. He went out to connect with God. You know, this series started with a challenge to go out and love this city some way, somehow, between December 1st and December 25th. And you guys have absolutely knocked it out of the park. I don't know if you've been on our coal page, on our website, org slash coal. We've posted things that you guys have done, and it's just, amazing. You guys have embraced it. And so, are you guys up for another challenge? Because remember, this is about you and I experiencing God and Christmas on another level. We're 10 days from Christmas. And maybe you're feeling caught up in that, that push, that fray, that pressure to get things done, the hustle and the bustle of it all. And as I say, you know, take a rest. The idea of taking a rest, you're like, that's just crazy, dude. Like, do you know what my schedule looks like between now and the 24th? I get it. I get it. But here's the challenge. Between now and Christmas, would you be willing to take a shot at taking a rest? Just take a shot. To do what Jesus did. And just spend some time with him. Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, well, that's going to be a bit of a stretch, but... Let's say I'm going to do... I don't even know what that would look like. What would that look like? Well, here's a couple of things you could try. Read the Christmas story. Go to the New Testament of the Bible. Read the Christmas story in Matthew 1. It's found in Matthew 1 or Luke 1 and 2. Just read it. You've got free Bibles out the back or out in the lobby. You can download a, a version on your phone. and Just read the story. Use your imagination and put yourself in that story. Grab one of the Echoes and Grace prayer booklets that we have. Again, they're available just outside the theater, in the lobby. Read through it, the entire thing. It doesn't take long, or just pick one prayer. But every day, just read one prayer, read through the booklet. Do that every day between now and Christmas. Take you two, three minutes. You could spend time reflecting on this message, last week's message, the week before that, whatever, using the coffee questions that are up there on our app. Here's one, you could listen to some Christmas music that celebrates and tells the story of Jesus' birth. Silent night, hark the herald angels sing. Oh, holy night. I mean, the list goes on. And let your mind and heart focus on that. If even just for a few moments, begin to build into your life a rhythm of rest. You up for that? Open the gift of rest. It's there for all of us. And if you do, just watch and see if you don't begin to experience Christmas on another level. I invite you to pray with me. Uh, God, I'm going to just be right honest here. The idea of stopping for a day to rest, uh, to spend time with you uh, seems overwhelming. It seems crazy. It seems impossible, especially at this time of year. There's so many things to be done, so many places to go, people to see. But I know deep down, that's, man, that's what I need. And this idea, this practice of taking some time, a day to rest, is going to require me to, you know, some changes. And so I'm asking for your help. Help me to learn to trust you more in those moments of silence that you've got everything under control. Things are going to be fine. We pray this in your name. Amen.